the top players and legends to the very best analysts around the world from wherever the beautiful game is played. This is BTP. Now, we're talking football. Yes, hello folks, welcome to the weekly match. This is Nathan Jordan, this is always for Brian Jones, my regular co-host here, fantastic comic fighting. Normally, we'd be starting this in jovial mood after another win from United at the weekend. It's almost been completely forgotten about, in fact, I can't remember feeling less satisfied about the three points, because my attentions immediately turned to the breaking story that was happening on Sunday, of course, about the Super League, and... So many things to talk about with regards to it. One, the, 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 the timing of it. I understand people saying, oh, because there was no fans in stadiums. I'm sure that's a part of it. But I still don't understand why they would announce it. Surely to God there was enough brains at these meetings to know what the likely reaction from UEFA was going to be. And the fact that they could be banned from European competition this season and they still have United have a semi-final to play. I mean, City are in the only European Cup semi-final they've ever been in. Um... You know, they've never been the second thing. They've never been to a final. Um, you know, there's still so much for these English clubs to play for. Chelsea. Um, now, since going to your calm, Chelsea and City are pulling out. It'll collapse, of course. Um, but just an absolutely insane couple of days. It is an insane couple of days. And it, it left me feeling sick about the game that I love. Um, tonight, uh, or as we're recording today, I... I had a football therapy session where you get to go and play five-a-sides with a bunch of like-minded lads that are battling mental health and, and you go and, and you have fun. And, and I put my United top on, um, just out of habit. Um, for going By the way, Cam, as we're talking about this, it's breaking that Ed Woodward has resigned. Wow. Carry on. From, Manche- from Manchester United. Uh, this is what's breaking on, on the internet. Ed Woodward has resigned as chairman of Manchester United. I don't know. I had to confirm if this is 100% correct or not, but this is what's... Well, on Twitter right now, we're get, we have to confirm that. But carry on, sorry. Uh, well, as I was about to say, um, I, I went from I went tonight. I put my United shirt on out of habit, and I'll be honest with you, I got to the car and I looked back at the house, thinking, Do you know, I actually want to go and take this off. I want to go and take it off. I want to just go and put on a plain t-shirt, mother and go. But I went anyway, and and you know, when I arrived there tonight, just just even wearing the Manchester United shirt just felt dirty. It felt. It just did not feel the way it should feel, and and, and the fact that the weekend, another good win, you, you you should be elated, you should be happy. The fact it was on the same day, the fact that the manager, the manager of Manchester United, uh, had to speak to the media about this Super League plan, while Joe Glazer had a statement pre-prepared and ready to go, which he held on to until close to midnight here in the UK, is nothing short of a disgrace. It's nothing short of an embarrassment. And these clubs now, as the dominoes drop one by one, should all be frankly ashamed of themselves. And I know we'll come to, to the way the government or fans should, should react to these owners and, and these football clubs, but this is the most sickening I've ever felt about football in a long, long time. And and when you were lo- watching the game last night, Liverpool and Leeds to a Manchester United's rivals, it was on TV, I was watching it. And you know, I just thought to myself, what's the point? What, what, what is yeah. the point? What is the point? There, that, that's exactly how I felt watching that Liverpool Leeds. It felt like it was a seminal moment in football where it felt like football had changed. And, you know, 
I don't want to go back and say I told you so, but I go back 15 years, Cam, when United fans were protesting the Glazers' um, ownership, and they were disgracefully slandered. They were saying called anti-American, anti-Semitic, all sorts of nonsense, which, of course, now the media and everyone else is on board with those protests. So, um, <clears throat> But this is exactly what United fans warned about. And we warned about it at the time when other fans were celebrating the Glazers when Manchester United did not to do that because it was setting off a precedent. And that led the groundwork for Hicks and Gillette. <clears throat> it led the groundwork to Stan Kroenke, um, you know, to, to Randy Lerner. Uh, lots of different things that ended up taking place that have been bad for football. This is a brazen cash grab, okay? Absolutely despicable. Despicable, despicable. We know that certain people, and it's a mental illness, Callum, that they take everything and reduce it to profit. How can I squeeze money out of this? There's nothing sacred to them. There's nothing that is worth more to them than monetization. I believe these people would sell their children for the right price because they're obsessed with making money. When is it enough? When, when you're a multi-billionaire, is it not enough? Must you take everything? And the assumption that we as fans will watch any shit that they serve up Without even having the, the manners, the ask us, and all the nonsense that we've heard the last year, we're in this together, the family, the man of the family, the man of the you know, absolute marketing bullshit. Right? Now, if it's true that Edward Wood is gone, it looks like it is. First of all, it was the only outcome that was, that was acceptable. Right? He'd never show his face at Old Trafford again. But it shouldn't just be him. The whole lot of them should go. Because what they tried to do this attempt at uh, holding football up and doing a cash grab and getting caught is absolutely despicable. And to do to put you know the players in that situation, to put Solskjaer in that situation, Jurgen Klopp in that situation, Peter Cech in that situation, just is absolutely despicable. And United should be heavily fined and sanctioned. And that. Woodward and the rest of his crew should never be allowed in football again. They should be banned for life. And the United as a football club will suffer because of their brazen actions. Fans will suffer because of their brazen actions. And it'll be the culmination of what has been an absolutely disgraceful tenure. From 2013 to today of grotesque financial mismanagement, mismanagement at the football club that's put the club in this situation concluded with an abrasion attempt at a cash grab at destroying everything that makes this football club what it is, its identity, who it is, what it is, what, what the fans want to see Manchester United compete in and took it like it's their own toy and said, we're going to do this, going to buy, grab a bunch of cash and you're going to pay for it. Never let these people into football again. No, never, never let them in again. And, and, and you're right, it's important that they are rooted out. And Manchester United fans, Arsenal fans, Liverpool fans... As, as Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher said, these are the biggest football clubs in England. These are the clubs with the heritage of English football. And quite frankly, the fans need need to go and, and, and really force change. I mean, let's be honest with you, and we've talked about the owners so many times, that the, the Manchester United is a piggy bank for the Glazer family. Mm -hmm. And what I would say, what I would say is I'm extremely worried about their motivation now that this whole thing appears to have gone south. What, what's going to happen if there's no more cash to extract from the piggy bank for them? 
it's very obvious that football clubs across Europe need to refinance. Florentino Perez, I mean, if I had to sum that guy up, he's an un- untalented semi-oligarch, hell-bent on getting as much power as possible. His side, albeit they're the great Real Madrid, are in financial peril because they played players like Gareth Bale, Eden Hazard, James Rodriguez, and they stockpiled, stockpiled them. And, and those players' values, like all footballers, eventually diminish. And now, because they're in the they're in the day and they're in the worry of not being able to fund these players anymore. This was their easy way out. This was their cheap option. Well, I, I, something has to change. And, and, and I hope, I hope and pray that fans, pundits who were angry um, on social media, on established media, don't let this slide. Don't just say Super League's over, Champions League reform's on the way, which I also think is a bit of a joke, by the way, if, I, if you get me started on that. They, they, they need to keep going. Boris Johnson here in the UK, in my opinion, another weasel. Um, he's talked about giving power to fans and trying to, to reform the way clubs are run. I think it's vital that that's done, not just in English football. I think it needs to be done across the board. The, the country that I've got incredible disrespect for, and even more so after this, and I know people say, oh, they would have joined eventually anyway. Look at Germany. Look at the response of Bayern Munich. Look at the response of Borussia Dortmund. Those clubs are the way Manchester United used to be. A club that believed in the good of football, a club that believed in its supporters, a club that believed in doing things the right way. Now they're just another corporation. And I think this is a seminal moment where fans, media, uh, politicians, football governance need to unite and they need to to, to really go at these clubs and go at these organisations to make sure they are always committed to their community. It's just been confirmed as as we speak, of course, as you've said. Edward has resigned. That's been reported now by all major media sources. Truly unbelievable. And and you're right. And I I have said it, and and this might sound harsh. Goodbye, Edward. In my opinion, it's time for reform. Not only United, but all of these so-called super clubs. It's time to leave the market and BS behind. You need to now reach out. You need to rebuild relationships with a wider game, but there has to be sanctions as well because this can never happen again. I don't want this so-called Super League to be parked for the next Champions League deal to run until 2028 and then it comes right out the coattails again. It has to die and it has to die now so that Manchester United and these so-called, as I say, super clubs, some of them haven't even won a title in 60 years, can rebuild for the greater good of football. This can never, ever happen again. Yeah, it can never happen again. And, um, you know, obviously, as we're on the air, there's lots of breaking news happening, which is truly staggering. Edward, we're gone. Um, now this raises all sorts of questions, Callum, on the playing side. It raises questions about Solskjaer's future. It raises questions about Pogba's future. It raises questions about so many things because now we are in this uncertain world. We're in this purgatory where we don't know what's going to happen. United. And it really annoys me that Edward were... And the rest of his crew get to walk away from the club and don't bear the brunt of the punishment that's coming our way. If you need to get banned from Europe next season, right? Edward was 100% responsible for that and his executives. They, personally, I would like to see UEFA ban them for life from football and not go after the clubs. But, you know, I'm sure they will go after the clubs. But... Personally, those people should be banned for life from football. And the next thing that needs to happen is legislation must get written immediately that bans this type of predatory ownership. Because this type of predatory ownership... By the way, this European Super League was entirely predictable. 
right? I done an interview that I have never uploaded um, a couple of months ago with the brains of this entire operation, Charlie Stellatano, right, from Relevant, who of course met with all these um, people doing Project Big Picture. He met with them before when they initially had this meeting back in 2019. And we talk about the inevitability of the European Super League in there, so I will upload it. Um, but um, if you just extrapolate um, logic with cash, follow the cash, where a European Super League was always entirely predictable in terms of um, pushing towards that. And nor am I holding up UEFA in the Premier League as any beacons of morality. Right? This isn't about what's right for UEFA. This isn't about what's right for FIFA. This isn't about what's right for the Premier League. It just so happens their interest converges with ours. This is about what's right for our vision of what football should be and what it should resemble. This isn't about that. It's about not taking football and destroying grassroots. Because just like any other league, Callum, you go into the Super League, someone has to finish top, someone has to finish mid-table, someone has to finish bottom. You don't think inevitably after a few years you're going to have dynasty teams that are winning year in, year out. You're going to have underperforming teams year in, year out. You can't brand that as a Super Club when you're constantly finishing bottom of your table. Right? Bottom of the table is the same as finishing bottom of the Premier League. You're a loser. It doesn't matter. Right, so it, it is completely untenable. It's a short-lived bump, and 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 then it would fall apart. So for me, um, it, massive news about Edward Word and brings about massive uncertainty at Old Trafford now. It brings massive uncertainty. Uh, Mike Keegan of the Daily Mail here in the UK reporting that the Glazer family um, could could sell up now because they they really seen this as an all-in or all-out um, situation. If that was to happen for Manchester United. Um, it would be an incredible moment if the Glazer family were to move on. The Glazer family have taken out <laughs> hundreds of mm-hmm. millions of pounds, as we know. Gary Neville said that last night on, on British TV that he could tolerate dividends to an extent as, as long as he could still go and watch Manchester United and Manchester with a group of lads and get behind them playing in the Premier League. As I say, I think fans will mobilise. I, do, I don't think fans will rest on their laurels with this. I think when you look at that cheap, nasty website they put together... And this is a problem they will always have. I've still got the screenshot on my phone. You, uh, that website will be archived somewhere. The picture of Manchester United's badge, their stadium, and the, the Super League. That will haunt mm-hmm. Manchester United. And that's why these clubs now need to rid the likes of Woodward out. They need to rebuild. And as I say, I think there needs to be, and I think there probably will be, a want for a change of ownership. This, for me, was the grand plan of the likes of Kroenke at Arsenal, Henry at Liverpool and the Glazer family at Manchester United. They've given it a right good go. they got Florentino Perez on board. I mean, if Florentino Perez speaks for you, then go and get your temperature checked. That man speaks for nobody but his own greed. So I think I think this could be a seminal moment for European football. It could be a seminal moment for Manchester United. What I would say, though, and I hate to be the, the guy who is still being negative even when it's announced, my only worry is this so-called new Champions League format of 36 teams instead mm-hmm. of 32. New spots for elite clubs that didn't qualify. One big league instead of groups. Best eight reached the knockouts. Mm-hmm. Every club guaranteed 10 games increasing revenue. Doesn't sound as if it's it's been set up for the, for the good of the game either. And my main worry is that it's quite a dreadful re- so-called reform that nobody will bat an eyelid at it now because it's not the Super League. And, and that, that also makes me a bit sad. But from a Manchester United perspective, goodbye, Ed Woodward. Good riddance. Don't let the door hit you in the way out. Um, in terms of the commercial side, in terms of the sponsorship deals around the world, 
Yes, he's very good at that, but as Graham Hunter, a, a mutual friend of ours, said, it doesn't take a, ro- a rocket scientist to market Manchester United around no. the globe to, to companies. So I think Manchester United will continue on the commercial side. They now need they now need to continue on the football side, and that can only happen, I think, now with an ownership change. Because if you think the Glazer family, Joe Glazer, who put his name to that statement, isn't pissed off tonight and isn't livid, then I, I would be worried for the summer ahead because are they going to invest any more money in Manchester United now going forward? You could argue that they barely did, of course. I, I think this is a moment where a change has to be made, not just with Woodward, but above him as well, because it's important that Manchester United gets its heritage back, it gets its roots back, and it gets its football and priorities back. This could be the moment. Of course, with the cost of Manchester United, you worry about who could come next, whether it's Russian involvement, whether it's um, Saudi involvement. And, and you and I have both said in the record we wouldn't want those either. We would want it to be done in a... in a. Be careful with my words here. What maybe you could you could say as an illegitimate way. And I think I think it's important that United can, can maybe bring a group of wealthy people together who are based in the UK, based around Europe together with the club's best interests at heart to run the club going forward rather than giving it across to, to someone who wants the sports wash look <clears throat> there's truly massive uncertainty about what comes next not just for Manchester United for, for lots of other teams because you you would imagine there's lots of people in the same position as Edward where other football clubs where their position really is untenable at this point I mean they can't it's not credible to sit here and talk about the love of the fans and everybody else whenever you've completely shown your hand Right? It's not credible for other executives to sit there and look fans in the eyes and ask them for their confidence and trust. They have no right to do that. And then you look at the Glazers and think to yourself, where else could they squeeze lots of money out of? There was two areas the Glazers wanted to squeeze lots of money out of. Right? One, as we saw, would be in the Super League. The other being streaming rights. That's where they saw the big cash bonanza, was in streaming rights. And that's where... I'm sure there's a reason why they wouldn't entertain selling the club because they thought there was another big massive cash windfall. With that off the table, the question now becomes how much more are you going to get out of this football club? As with Edward Wood gone, who's a trusted confidant of theirs, right? you just wonder, is the stomach there to continue to do it? Um, now we don't know what's going to happen this summer in terms of recruitment. Solskjaer's in an awful situation. Right, you've got club threatening to resign. Right, the uncertainty the football finds itself in now is truly unbelievable, and everything's up in the air. And it's just, just so unfair. Speak, yep. Just as you speak, Phil, Andrea Angeli has now resigned as the president of Juventus this evening as well. Yeah, that's what I was saying. There'll be more. Right, and, and now they're all going to go like rats. Right, they'll blame each other. Truly unbelievable, disgraceful situation. Absolutely shameful. Disgraceful, shameful, and um, like I said, they should be banned for life. And Manchester, this should be a line in the sand moment for football governing body for the for 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 governments to turn around and say this type of ownership cannot happen. And everything that's happened in Callum was entirely predictable, right? I've been saying this. We've been saying this. Anyone's been saying this. Manchester are a business that happens to play football. Their goals are financial. Their goals are not football. For sporting, so anytime there's a conflict between making money and ethics and morals, making money wins. Okay, so uh, what has happened is a disgraceful situation. It's an embarrassment. This football club. 
it's an embarrassment to all the football clubs involved and if there's one positive to come from this it should be the reaction to it should be that this type of ownership is carefully scrutinized in the future legislations brought in like the German legislation because they didn't do this German Germany's always an example to football and the world often in morals and ethics not surprising um, and so there has to be changes taking place immediately to prevent this type of thing ever from happening again. It does, and, and just uh, more updates, James Ducker reporting that Edward Wood will stay in his role until the end of the year, and then he will leave. I think he has to go now, Phil, I'll be oh, honest. Absolutely. I, I, I don't think What's he can, the point? I don't think he can, I don't think there's a point of him, as you say. You can talk about transitions, you can talk about handing over. Someone else can do that job. He should go now. He should, he should go with the tail between his legs, and, and, he, and, and, and you know, they, they always say you should enter through the front door and leave through the front door. Well, I can assure you he won't leave through that whole Trafford front door because I think there'll be some, some very angry people reminding him of this plan when he leaves Manchester United. This will, this will always stay with him. You talked about a ban from, from football. He will be banned from football. His name, Agnelli, the, these, these so-called custodians of clubs, they will never be anywhere near football again. In a meaningful sense, they might go away and they might get involved in football and the, the far-reaching sides of the world where the game's tried to develop and they might be able to sell someone an idea or two there. They won't be involved in elite football again and it's vital, as you say, that governments legislate to ensure, like in Germany, that the clubs belong to the fans. The clubs, whether you're Manchester United or whether you're Maidstone United, they should always have an element of fan ownership and they should always have an element of belonging to the fans because the moment... You let these rich billionaires use clubs as a toy. This is exactly what's going to happen. And that's a point that Simon Jordan made very well on Talk Sport here this morning, and he's made for a long time. When player wages are increasing to £300,000 a week, you need someone to finance that. You need to get the, the so-called big boy investors in to, to, to finance that. And they don't want promotion and relegation. They don't want jeopardy. To, to investments of that size and that stature. They've went for it. They've went all guns blazing. It's it's came back uh, to bite them. And as I say, this is a chance. This is a massive chance. And <laughs> I'm going to sound like a crazy person here. But on Sunday, I felt utterly deflated. Last night, I started to have a bit of fire in my belly to think this could be stopped. It appears that it has been stopped. But my enthusiasm is now burning with a desire for change. And I hope Manchester United fans, Chelsea fans, Man City fans, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, all these clubs involved in this, I hope they take their passion together. The Unite is winning. They keep going and they keep chipping away because we need to get our club back. We need to get a grip of our game and get our, get our ball back as such. They will kick the can down the road, uh, whether it's not called the Super League in five or ten years' time, it'll be called something else. Get the game back in the hands of fans. You're obviously going to need investment to supplement that. But really, uh, as I say, the fire is burning in me, and I hope the fire is burning in not just Manchester United fans, but football fans in general out there. I think there is such a will for change now that football can't let this dim. And, and Patrick Bamford made a great point last night at Leeds United. If only football fought issues like racism with this level of ferocity. Mm -hmm. I think football needs to fight this issue with ferocity. I think you need to rid the game of these parasites, these hanger-oners who are only in it for an investment. Get the game back to the people who love it and tackle the big issues in football like racism and other really disturbing issues to make sure 
that the game is cleansed of the evil that's, that started to seep in and has maybe seeped in from the very start because it's important that football belongs to the fans. Manchester United, ironically, as you know, and I know, have that banner up in the street for them. Football without fans is nothing. It's time to show that now. It's time to show the fans of Manchester United that it's their club. It's not your club. You should... You, you you should look yourself in the mirror every morning, and you should you should remind yourself of how lucky you are to own that badge, to own that that heritage, to own people's memories, to to own a part of that. You you shouldn't see that as a cash cow, and see if you do, which obviously they have done. Goodbye and good riddance. This is the time for change. Well, there's certain things that are a bit odd to me. You've seen these resignations today, and. Did they really think that this was going to be announced and everyone was going to be, you know, happy-go-lucky and go, oh, what a great idea, lads. Let, I know, I, I, let's get the players out and let's get the managers out who haven't been told a thing about this, right? Um, and yes, I know we're going to earn billions more. By the way, your players' contracts, you stay the same, you're compensated being exactly the same, even though we're going to make billions more off the back of you playing. Yeah, sure, players are going to accept that, right? Players are not going to be in negotiating contracts immediately saying, wait a minute, um... You know, you're and I making five times the turnover you once were in the competition I'm playing in. I think we're going to have to renegotiate this. Did they really believe that they were going to announce this? Because when you look at the wording of the statement, talking about working with UEFA uh, and other competitions and talk, working about with FIFA, did they really think that this was not going to result in how it did? Because it was entirely predictable that fans would respond this way. Are they really that out of touch of what's important to fans? Unfortunately, they are, and I think the the thing that strikes me, and I think the thing that they know they've got away with for for so long in many issues, is the arrogance. The arrogance you you saw it many years ago when they tried to bring in even in England a thirty ninth game. There was an arrogance of it doesn't matter. We want it. We'll bring it in anyway. Again, fans stood up. Fans united. It didn't happen. And I think this is the biggest. This is the biggest bloody nose fans have been able to give people of this power and this magnitude because for so long whether it's raising ticket prices with Manchester United and Old just look at Old Trafford whether it's not investing in facilities they, they always are able to sugarcoat it and get away with it not anymore everyone has united behind this there was a poll by YouGov yesterday saying 76% of fans were against it as far as I'm concerned obviously you could call me blinkered 100% of fans were against this from what you could see online, whether it was fans of clubs involved, fans of clubs in the pyramid, even just casual observers of football. Every single person, bar none essentially, totally against this. They've been given the ultimate bloody nose. This was their opportune moment. They thought this noise would dim. They thought this feeling would dim. They thought UEFA and FIFA would, would bowl over. I'll be honest with you, Phil, I was guilty of believing in the background, could FIFA or someone be in on this to the point where it'll be the FIFA Super League and they take the power from UEFA? As soon as they distance themselves, UEFA distance themselves. The likes of Amazon Prime, again, if you believed certain reports were alleged to be in in these talks and they were going to finance it and get it on the television across the globe, when they distance themselves of it, you know there's a problem because if broadcasters of that magnitude don't want anything to do with it, if the so-called elite governing bodies don't want anything to do with it, then you, and the fans, most importantly, don't want anything to do with it, you're on to plums. And this, as I keep saying, this is a time for change and it's important that this enthusiasm does not dim because if it dims, 
the common course will, will come back to bite you, bite fans, bite us again, because they'll come up with something new or they'll come up with another revenue stream and it'll just be a cash cow time and time again. It's a, it's a massive moment. It's a moment where change could be in touching distance for the, it feels like that for the first time in many, many years. It's time to make it happen. And I think, as I say, there's such a desire from not just, say, Man United fans or Arsenal fans or Chelsea fans, there is such a desire for change across the country that I think this could happen. And I think there's a real possibility of lasting, impactful change. And I so hope we can get it. Because as much as people have referenced the Premier League in 92, myself included, it wasn't set up in the ideal way, you could say. It was very opportunistic at the time. At least it had an entry. At least it wasn't a closed shop. And mm-hmm. that is the thing that these people tried to do. And and now that it's failed, you can have reform. The Champions League has to reform. In years to come, the Premier League will probably have to reform the Football League, non-league, etc. Everything evolves, everything moves on. But it has to be done with the game's principles at heart. And I think, at last, we might have just saved those principles. Because money, of course, and television, as people always say, is king. I think it's been shown now that there's a balance and there's definitely a balance that has to be an impactful balance because if there's not, you'll never get away with this again. If if people have rallied around it and scrapped it now, you can't regurgitate this and bring it back in five years because the anger will be double, triple what it is now because people have had their say and they've made it clear from top to bottom. No means no. I just is curious to see what comes next. I wonder if... There was conversations with UEFA where they said, disband this now and we will refrain from imposing any penalties, in which case we've got this rush of resignations, right? Um, because it was coincidentally they all started to happen at the same time. I think City sitting in a semi-final, did they really want to be kicked out? You know, one, it was always going to be a case of once once falls, they all were going to fold. So the first thing we hear is City won, or Chelsea won out, then City won out, right? Um, the resolve lasted less than 48 hours, which is truly staggering to me. What happened in those 48 hours that they didn't expect is beyond me. Um, <clears throat> but um, I just wonder if there has been some level of negotiations with UEFA um, and, and other governing bodies about this. Uh, that's the hopeful side of me. If not, they just resign because it's a, it's a dead horse then these clubs will do not have a leg to stand on. They've been completely exposed by these charlatans and put in a position where they're going to get punished and the people that caused this will be gone and it will take no part in the punishment. And it really brings about so much levels of uncertainty because really it brings about the Glazer family that had to borrow $100 million. If they get kicked out of Europe next season and fined, do they have pockets deep enough to go to Solskjaer this summer? Here's three, four players. Not a chance. I mean, that could easily precipitate a financial collapse. And so I just wonder, are we really seeing the start of another massive change? I said a year ago that I felt that the Glazers um, would, would would sell the club at the right price. Um, now that this is out of the way, I don't see any other reason for them to turn down good offers for Manchester United. I agree. I don't, I don't see... The, the the will for them to want to stay now. They've shown their true colours for many years. The fans have the fans have never liked the Glazer family. The the playing staff now have completely changed their mind in the Glazer family and Ed Woodward, hence why he's he's had to, to resign. Um obviously I, I would we would both argue his position would have been untenable anyway, but he's gone 
But the, the, the thing that strikes me about the owners and the likes, uh, the ownership, the Glazers and Edward, where there's a sort of chairman, the chief executive of the club, it's not only the fans they have to bring back on side, it's the players, it's the manager, it's the day-to-day staff. They were willing mm. not only to sacrifice their fan base, which is the be-all and end-all of any football club, but they were also willing to sacrifice their hard-working staff mm-hmm. behind the scenes, their playing staff, their managerial staff, all for a quick buck. And I think that's the big that's the big turning point here for me. Those within the game, players, managers, I think a lot of them, their eyes will have been open to this now. Now, I'm not saying they've ever been naive, not, not at all. But Gary Neville mentioned that, that when the Glazer family took over as a player, you stayed quiet. Your wages were paid. You were still competing. You stayed quiet. The green and gold scarves, the fans were angry. The fans protested. You stayed quiet. Now, I don't think these players and these members of staff can stay quiet or will want to stay quiet because the, the, these owners and these chief executives have shown not only they, they don't give a monkeys about the fans who to go to games and the fans who watch at home, they don't even give a monkeys about the people that they employ. They don't give a monkeys about their rights. And and the reason I say that is, I know footballers are highly paid and footballers, uh, especially at Manchester United and clubs of this magnitude, make a lot of money. They were willing, whether you like it or not, they were willing to sacrifice, essentially, the careers of these players. There was talk that players would be banned from playing at international tournaments. I'm going to give you the biased perspective to that. Scott McTominay plays for Scotland. Scotland haven't been in a major tournament since 1998. I was three years old. Scott McTominay, Scott McTominay was potentially going to be robbed of that historic opportunity because the owners, his employers, fancied greed over ambition. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think this this situation at these clubs can last anymore because not only have they essentially peeved off all the fans. But they've also peeved off and shown that employed employees, you're just a number, you're just a statistic, you're just a revolving door the way that so-called legacy fans and you breed fans are to them. They don't value anyone, they value cash mm-hmm. and cash only, as we've said for many years. But those within the game, the players and the managers, I think deep down there would have been a sense of the ownership values me, the football club values me. Maybe tickets are a bit too high, but at least they value me and this is my 15-year career and you hear all the quotes all the time, make the most money you can make, make the most of this. And I think they've been shown in the light that they don't care about you either and the fans care about you and the fans are on your side to see if you can add your voice and you can add your weight to this change and this demand for change. It could happen. Learn some honesty, learn some humility, learn to respect the football pyramid, be straight with fans and football can come back. Manchester United can go forward with an ownership structure that is not a bunch of people uh, involved in a, in a buyout of a club with the club's own money to make money from it. Fans won't let that happen ever again. You could The people who left 15 years ago, Phil, will maybe be sitting back chuckling um, over the last couple of days saying, we told you so. But I think now it's went from being a minority or a a level of minority who are willing to walk away to a majority who are willing to walk away and I think that's opened a lot of people's eyes Well, if there's one thing Callum that we all should take from this as well is the effect and the impact of our collective voices football fans are going to have to wake up they're going to have to put the rivalries aside and form an independent body that covers 
all football fans and their collective interests because when they come together like they did and send a message that this is totally unacceptable, we will not support this, clubs have to respond. As we've seen over the last year, the lifeblood of a football club is the fans. They can't do anything without their buy-in. Now, they do take you 100% for granted. They assume you're an idiot and you'll pay for your football team to watch a football team, no matter who they play or what they play, the level of competition, right? Um, they're monetizing and exploiting your love for your football club. We know that happens, right? But you're going to have to stand up for yourself. You're going to have to realize that this was a coup. This was an attempted coup of football to overthrow it as we know it and to once again lock you into paying exorbitant prices for for tickets and all this and everything else that goes along with it. And the idea that football clubs want to make all this much more money and they're going, everything's going to be rosy and they're going to be wonderfully managed businesses and there's going to be lots of money for lots of fun things and it's going to be great. No, I mean, you think if the Glazers go from making $40 million a year to $400 million a year, they're going to give that to Solskjaer? I mean, that's going straight to Florida. You know, that'll be the ability to load more debt on the Manchester United because they can now pay more. You know, so um, I don't know how many times you need to learn this lesson. So football fans are going to have to stand up for themselves and realise that the time for uh, the, t- the time to organise is now. You have to do it now, right? So, you know, I wanted to talk about this weekend, last weekend, the summer, all but everything just seems so insignificant now. I, it just seems like, what, what, what's the point of looking forward to anything, this uncertainty now about the future, about the summer, about what's going to happen to United is just infuriating. And um, it, it just is so, it's, it's so, I'm so disillusioned. I just, I don't know what to, what to say. I don't know what to look forward to. It's just a devastating turn of events that took place from Sunday onwards, a disgraceful turn of events, something that, these people should never be allowed to forget and uh, really the biggest moment in football I would say even since the Premier League It is and and the thing that's sad Phil and and you opened the show with this normally we'd be talking about the players, we'd be talking about a performance, we'd be talking about our thoughts and our passion for the game that we love and instead we've we've been forced to talk about business and the thing that's frustrating um, with, with business and football, and, and it was a point, I can't remember who made this point today, football executives and the Blazers, if you want to call them that, sorry for the pun, obviously, with the Glazer family, but the Blazers in football, the guys that turn up with the, the club suits, etc., they're in those positions. In my, in my opinion, anyway, those guys, those women, aren't supposed to be interesting. They aren't supposed to be the story. And when they become the story you've got a massive problem, albeit it's went to, to an incredible scale here. But uh, in terms of how we go forward, not just Manchester United, but football in general, I think there's still a precarious waiting game. As I say, those UEFA reforms for the Champions League from 2024 onwards, with clubs getting wild card entry, I think it might only be four clubs, but four clubs too many. Um, it's still not palatable for me. And there is, there is the cynic in you that thinks, has this been a ploy to sort of let people eat those up and accept them and take them on rather than have the the the, the anger towards those proposals. Um, I suppose that's given maybe the people involved behind this far too much credit um, because their incompetence holds no bounds as they've shown with a, with a lack of ability to, to, to not only read the room of their own club but read the room of the country. I mean, what I would say with these people and what I would say, as I say, about the, the plans that have fallen through when you're able to unite the biggest rivals in football 
when you're able to unite all the political parties in this divided world, you are incompetent and your plan must be utterly dreadful because these people do not come together on any given day, any given time. So it's important that that goodwill, as I said earlier, is harnessed and the the Premier League going forward, the, the Champions League, whatever they want to call it or whatever they want to do with it, it's, it's reached out to many, many clubs across Europe. One of the things that really frustrated me, uh, Phil, was that Manchester United resigned from the European Club Association. That That's something that... Situations like that and, and, and uh, groups like that, that's not for someone, in my opinion, like an Ed Woodward to wake up on a Sunday morning and go, do you know, I'm just, going to pull, I'm just going to pull Manchester United, a club with over 100 years of history and heritage out of that willy-nilly. That, that for me, is a shambles. I'm OK for him to resign from his role on the EC or whatever because he's not Manchester United. He's just someone who works at Manchester United. Obviously, won't be working there much longer. But as I say, long term, it's important that rather than clubs and organisations making flippant choices, I think there really needs to be a coming to the table of, of more than one party um, for this because they've been shown up for their opportunism. They've been shown up for their greed. And it's important that the alternative that comes out of this, because there will be an alternative, there will be something. This isn't just going away of the Super League's done. Everything's going to stay as normal and be the game you've got now. There's clearly going to be big changes to football at European level and probably even domestic level. But it's important that those discussions are opened up to every possible party that's relevant and that they are taken in a cautious manner because what's been shown to me more than anything is that when you try and make flippant decisions about a game and a sport that's got over 150 years of history you're doomed to failure I think it's important that whatever comes next not only for Manchester United but for football as a whole is well thought out and considered on, on Manchester United and the changes that will follow I think this is a a lot of people will be celebrating, us included, that Woodward has left and that the Glazer family may now sell up. But unfortunately for Solskjaer as a manager going into this summer, that unfortunately raises more questions than answers for him. And that's probably mm-hmm. the last thing that he needs at this moment in time. Because as you've said, there is going to be so much uncertainty now. You, you've seen the, 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 the speculation with the technical director of Manchester United and the, the head of football operations or whatever role, the title you want to give it. There was so much speculation in that role. You can only imagine the speculation that's now going to follow that Ed Woodward has left the club and who takes on that role and their merits and their background and what's their relationship with the ownership and what's their relationship with the fans, etc. So in terms of scrutiny and uncertainty, it's only really just going to begin on a different uh, element. And it's important, as I say, that, that everything is as considered as possible. And I think what clubs need to learn, really need to learn, is that you need to communicate clearly with your fan base, not with your customers. Yes, you could say your fans buy into things, but fans are not customers. Fans are passionate individuals and groups who love that football club win, lose or draw. The majority of them do anyway. And I think when you release a press release at quarter to quarter to midnight or, or 11, 11 p.m. here in the UK, that's not communicating with your fan base. That's not communicating with, with anyone in a reasonable manner. So... Going forward, for me, for Manchester United and for football in general, there needs to be a clear and concise um, way of communicating with fans that's understandable and there has to be a cautious round-table approach for things to progress forward. The days of 10 people getting in a room and thinking they're more powerful than 
500 to 1,000 clubs across Europe needs to end. There needs to be a coming together because if there's not, this will rear its head in another shape or form in five or ten years. The change has to come now and it's important that Manchester United, once the ownership hopefully sells on, once Ed Woodward goes, is at the forefront of that change. They've got a massive black mark on their resume, as you might call it, or CV or whatever, their reputation. It's important now that they take that they take that body blow head on and think, right, we've messed up entirely here. We now need to slowly but surely build bridges with the footballing community, with the fan base, and as I said earlier, with their own employees, because this cannot and will not happen again. That I could not agree with you more, and there needs to be serious changes made promptly to prevent this, because we've seen with FFP, which is basically legally unenforceable, there's going to have to be things that's got legal teeth to it, where... They're, uh, they're legally enforceable to protect football uh, and to protect it being used solely as a vehicle for personal enrichment. Calm, we'll go ahead and leave it there, mate. There's so much we could say on this. There's so much being continuously said. It's constantly fluid, constantly changing. Um, obviously, we'll be, to- we'll be back talking about this more in depth. Um, extremely weird couple of days. Um, disappointing. Uh, but who knows? Maybe some of the positives will be a rebirth of football where some of the old charlatans that are po- that are that are, that are posters in the game um, will be will be gone and um, maybe maybe it brings about a better future I hope but uh, we'll go ahead and leave it there mate Tom all the best mate see ya all the best take care cheers mate bye